Mr. Pop. We haven't done a bloody thing all day. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hi and welcome to the only podcast you'll hear in the next 60 minutes that is 300% vaccinated. Yes, this is Rock and Roll. I'm 100% vaccinated. My name's Kevin Hillier. This man's name is Brian Mannix and he is 100% vaccinated. Are you not? I am AstraZeneca to the max. <laughs> Imagine if you'd said that in the 1980s. Uh, and uh, and this man's name is Mark Fine, and he too is 100% vaccinated. So that's 300% I, if I, I'm doing the maths right, Finey. I've been so vaccinated, every time I have a glass of water, I leak like a watering can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, more jabs than a Lionel Rose uh, sparring session. Um, hello, boys. How are we? Uh, Finey, how are you? I'm well. Um, mm. A little... A little sort of um, left flat by the supposed reopening of Melbourne on Thursday at midnight. I, I don't think it's that dramatic, but hopefully it improves over the next week or so. Can I ask why you're flat? You... Why you're flat? Why you're flat about that? Everyone else is going off oh, their tits. Yeah, I don't, don't think it goes anywhere near far enough. You know, um, uh, fair enough. For example. All the darts boys were very excited that we could get back to playing darts, but with a maximum of 20 in a licensed space, that won't be happening. And, yeah, I think it's pretty conservative, actually. Yeah, fair enough. How are you, Mr Mannix? I agree with Spiney. I think it's fairly conservative as well. Okay. Um, and I think that if it wasn't for the New South Wales Premier just saying stuff that we're opening up, I reckon that put a lot of pressure on Dan to do the same. And I think if the guy from Sydney hadn't have done that, then we'd probably still be worse off. When you just said the guy from Sydney, I thought, is he referring to Gladys as a bloke? What's going And then I just realised. No, just, just, uh, no, no. Dominic Parakeet or whatever yeah, his yeah. name is. Parakeet or whatever his name is. Yes, no, sorry. <laughs> I just He's a weird a, looking dude. He, he, I, heard, I heard someone refer to him as the oldest looking. He's only, he's only really young. He's only, is he in his 30s? 38, I think. Yeah. I heard someone refer to him as the oldest-looking 38-year-old they'd ever seen in their entire life, and it's probably not a bad call. He's got six kids. He's, you know, he's a mad rooter, so he's probably, you know, tired from that. He's actually got his seventh on the way, I believe. Yeah. Loves a root, hates a condor. <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> Brian! What do you call people uh, that use the rhythm method, Kevin? I don't know what you call people who use the you, rhythm you method. Call them, you call them parents. Parents, right. That's what Correct. Thank you, Brian. Uh, uh, <laughs> now, if he's about to have his seventh kid, yep. you know who he's halfway to, to becoming? Uh-huh. I'm trying to think who's got 14 kids. Who's got 14 kids? Angela well, Joel. Well, well, she was the 14th child, this one. Oh. Who was? Celine Dion. Oh, oh, oh. it? <laughs> was she 14. the 14th? Are you serious? Was she the 14th child? She was the youngest of 14 children. My yeah, God, who has 14 children? Somebody that uses the rhythm method. <laughs> yeah, well, they were, they were devout Roman Catholics. Wow. There you go. <laughs> Love a root, hate a condom. <laughs> so is that, have you seen that on a billboard somewhere or is that, was that like a, uh, an election slogan for a candidate from that party in the 1990s or something, was it? No, it's just something I made up years ago. Oh, right. I just always remember it. Okay. Love a root, hate a condom. <laughs> uh, okay. Celine Dion, 14. Wow. Yeah, youngest of 14. Right. She's got such a horse head. <laughs> was she the last of the fourteen? Because of obvious she, reasons. She looks like she would have been the. She looks like she would have been the first to head so thin. Uh, she's the last. Well, well, if she'd have been the first, right. she wouldn't have had any more. Surely. Well, no. <laughs> you know, you know the old thing, and we've got it a bit here. You know, the, the middle children syndrome with four kids. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, imagine having twelve of them with. Oh yeah, no. oh, jeez. I'm the classic middle child because I'm one of three, so I know exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm the youngest of three, but yes, I 
I understand that dynamic. I'm going to get on to the Guinness Book of Records, people, but I reckon you may just have set a world record there, fine. I reckon that's the quickest you've introduced a Celine Dion slag off into this podcast. I reckon, I reckon you're on world record time. <laughs> well, well, to be honest, I can't blame her for being the 14th. No, that's no. true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, the, the, the only person that comes to mind of coming from a bigger family, I reckon, is a B.B. Bakila, the marathon runner. How many is yes, involved I there? I reckon, I, I reckon it was one of 18 or something. Oh, my God. That's scary. <sighs> That's good. We talk about seven now like it's some sort of freak show. Um, but uh, Absolutely. Oh. Well, you know, you know what? If you have 18 boys, right, mm-hmm. you've got a football team. And if you've got 18 girls, oh God, here we go. you've got a golf course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's pretty tacky, wasn't uh. it? We're five minutes into this podcast, and already the, the, the legal team of Martin Barton and Fargo are just sort of reaching for new uh, new books, new things. I mean, I'm going to tell you, Brian. Yeah, you, you very rarely disgust me, but <laughs> that, that one. Did. Honest, honestly, honestly, have a football team with no Olympic signs is absolutely appalling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness, yeah, mate! Fair enough. So, what have you been up to in the first week of your sixty-first year on the planet, Mannix? Um, isn't well, that isn't that depressing in itself? That question. Yeah, that's not really. <laughs> great, but um, well, it took me about four days to get over my birthday, right? And then on the fifth day, it was my daughter's birthday. So I did it all again. So it's taken me about a week to get over it. Um, so yeah, it's um, I've been. Sleeping a lot and have a hangover, and uh, yeah, it's been pretty much usual for me. Right. Okay. Anything else exciting uh, happening in your world we should know about that you want to share with us? Not really. I can't, you know, as I think I might be going back to work soon, but I'm not sure. You know, about 20 people in the pub's not going to do the trick. No, it's not. Um, but, you know, hopefully we'll get to 80% in the next 10 days and we'll be business as usual, hopefully. Well, allegedly the last lockdown finishes on Friday morning, whatever it is. So that 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 supposedly, unless something dramatic happens, that is the last lockdown. We won't go into lockdowns again. So we can only take them at their word with that and see what happens with that. But yeah, I tend to agree with you. I I, I don't know what's going to change in ten days that we can't just open the doors now. Do now. Yeah. Well, if you double back, why can't you just go somewhere with your double back? I've got my little passport. I'm ready to go. Have you got a little passport? Have you? I just got a certificate? I just printed my certificate out. Well, I took a photo of that, but then if you go to Medicare through the Victorian government, my gov, then yeah. it gives you a little yeah, my gov or whatever. It gives you a little green thing with a tick on it, and oh. then that sort of comes up on your Vic gov thing. Okay, and so it's just all there in one go. There you go. But you know, it's really easy for people to check that you're double vaxxed and. You know, if we get 100 people that are all double-vaxxed, why can't we go into the pub? Well, I don't I don't have a logical answer to that question. Why can we have 20 people in the pub but I can't have 21 in the park? I don't have a logical answer to that question. Why do we have lockdown when Dan Andrews should be locked up? I don't have a logical answer to that question. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Hey, so what's the rule with the with the darts boys, Finey? Are you uh, so you can't you can't have any more than what five or six or whatever it is in in your little group to to play darts, uh, uh, and you're not allowed to have competitive sport at the moment anyway, are you? Either that or I haven't made the top twenty <laughs> that can be invited. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's just the, uh, no, the, no, the yeah, COVID, you can't. COVID is an excuse to oust you, are they? No, there's no organized, no organized competition yet. And the other thing that just completely ruins the idea of going to the pub anyhow is that there's no – you can't stand at the bar and have a drink. There's no stand-up service. No, because you spread um, COVID more when you stand up than when you sit down. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, there's no <laughs> logical reason for that. Sorry, why is there no stand-up service at a bar? No, I don't know. It's just one of those stupid things where you can sit down and have a drink, but if you stand up, no, 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 it's a COVID. Just put it they, they don't want groups to intermingle. Is that is that the same logic beyond you're not allowed to dance? That you've, you, 
you can't stand up. You've got to sit down. At, when, when a band's playing, you actually have to sit at your table and tap your foot or something. You can't get up and dance. Yeah, because they don't want – they assume that a table will be people that know each other or same, you know, household or whatever, whereas they don't want different groups mixing yet. Oh, okay. So, and, so and now, yeah. I've struggled with keeping up with everything that's going on, to be perfectly honest, and I'm not a, a pub frequenter, but do you have to wear masks inside? Inside and outside. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's completely ruined my monthly swingers night. <laughs> well, hey, you know, the good news is when we open up, you can take Brian to the seniors' night. It's funny. The senior swingers' night. Yes. The senior swingers' night. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There you go, Brian. Uh, That's a whole when new... Brian said, when Brian said he's been sleeping a bit, I, I sort of picture Brian passed out in a pair of leopard skin jocks on a round waterbed. <laughs> well, that's pretty much it, actually, yeah. Ah, uh, uh, well, you, you, you don't need, Brian, if that's the case, you don't even need to, well, show your credentials to come to the swingers' night. Right. Let the skin jocks will get me in. Yeah. When I say they let me say credentials, that means you don't have to take them off. You can just wear the <laughs> yeah. walk in and let the skin jocks on. Yeah. Fantastic. It's not like it'd be the first time. No, it wouldn't be. Um, <laughs> you know, I used to go to the Chevron quite a lot and just me leopard skin undies. Uh, <laughs> used to get a bit of attention and it was good. Wasn't the Chevron a wonderful <laughs> venue in the eighties? Oh, it was great. That, I don't know why. Uh, it that, was. Uh, that was the go-to spot. That was the that was the you were there till three o'clock in the morning. That was one of the best yeah. venues, the Chevron. I love the Chevron. I like I like the bar downstairs with Ruby, Scotty's barmaid. Oh, I don't remember the barmaid, to be honest. Oh, gee shit. Yeah, show me your money. No, I'm not giving you a drink. <laughs> he just abused me all night. It was terrific. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, God, those were the days. Billboard and the Chevron and uh, but uh, but you, the venue, yeah. Well, you usually, I, I know when when I was getting out and about, they, I'd finish at the Chevron. That that would be it. That would do me. I'd be I'd be gone by then. Yeah, yeah. I stand up at the Chevron a lot. And usually the the last band didn't go until sort of one ish. So you, yeah, you know, they they play for an hour or so, and then you'd sort of hang around for another half an hour or so, and then head home. I yeah. could just pitch the YouTube prick sauntering <laughs> past the long queue. No, yeah. no, wink, wink to the guy up the front, straight in. How are you, Kev? How are you, Brian? Not sparing a moment's thought for the proletariat like me, <laughs> you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Absolutely 100% correct. <laughs> Every time. I refuse, to pay, I refuse to pay to get in anywhere, and I refuse to queue up to get in anywhere. Yeah, I, I must admit to being guilty of a bit of that too. Um, yeah, the only place I wouldn't, I, 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 the only place I ever had a problem was one night at the, um, oh, what was the one downstairs in King Street, next to the grain, oh, Main Street, no, uh, next oh. to the grain store. Um, uh, Toddy Goldsmith's yeah. father owned it. Infla- no, oh, not the inflation, the other one, underground. Yes, underground. yes, the underground. Yeah. They, they wouldn't let me in. Why not? Because I had you jeans. Drunk enough. No. <laughs> oh no, I was drunk enough. Um, I had jeans on, and it was a it was a Friday night, and they were packed to the rafters, and we lobbed down there. All the three XY people lobbed down there, and and the lovely uh, as she was in those days, Sue Smith, uh, who now of course is Sue Gadinsky, um, stood yep. stood at the door and screamed at the bouncer, uh, "Don't you know who this bloke is?" And he looked at me and said, "I've got absolutely no idea who he is. He's a shit kicker in a pair of jeans. Now piss off." <laughs> we eventually we eventually got in, um, and I reckon I stayed for five minutes and didn't like it and left. Did you have to take your jeans off? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah you walk in and you let the skin jock. <laughs> exactly. There Brian. you go. <laughs> uh, I remember going to a joint in Hindley Street in Adelaide. Oh yeah. And you know, so, you know, bouncers. If they won't want to let you in, they won't let you in. And this was the most piss weak excuse to not let me in. I reckon I've ever heard. Yeah. I go up to the door and the guy says, "No, mate, you can't come in." And I said, "What do you mean I can't? Why can't I come in?" He said. Your jeans are too tight. 
My pants were too tight, so I couldn't go in. What a load of shit. <laughs> they were a pants special breed. The bouncers in the 80s were a special breed, weren't they? Oh, geez, they'd give a little bit of power to go to their head. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did, did you have – Dad, Dad, you go, Fanny? Well, I remember getting pissed. I was so drunk. So I go to this place and I said, you let me in. And I said, no. And I said, bullshit, let me in. And I always let me in. He said, you're not getting in. I said, why not? He said, because we're closed. I'm on the um, electricity, <laughs> just doing some work out in the front. <laughs> this place doesn't open. <laughs> it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Said, Go home. <laughs> oh, goodness me. They were funny days to get into. Is it still the same? I mean, obviously COVID's killed it for the last two years, but... Was it still the same up until then, that the the same sort of mentality about getting in? I haven't been to a club or a pub or anything for so long. I don't know, actually. I don't sort of go night clubbing much. Um, and you come in the tradesman's entrance now anyway, Brian, because, you know, you're sort of... I just go in the, you know, put my leopard skin jocks on and climb through a window. <laughs> off I go. Yes. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have any problems, Brian, with that thing? You have to be this tall to go on this ride? <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, it's a wonder that bouncers in the 80s didn't do that to me. No, mate, you got to be another inch tall. I've come back with your platform. <laughs> I, I remember this is 100% true story. I went away under 14. I made a, a representative cricket side and we played in Sydney. And for, for some reason, the, the, the blokes that were, <laughs> that were our couple of blokes that were the team managers decided to take us down King Cross. You know, we're all 14 or 13 years old. Good good uh, education for young men. They took us down the cross and they managed to get us into this joint. Oh, all right. Jesus. <laughs> oh, and I'll never forget, and that, now uh, excuse me for the rough language, but this is exactly what the bouncer said, right? Yeah. Like, we, we said, oh, let the taller kids go in first, the ones that will go older. And by the time we got to me, you know what the bouncer said to me? <laughs> no. Yeah, no worries, mate. I bet you were 18 the day you fell out of your mother's snacks. <laughs> go, <laughs> go in, go on. Oh, classy. Wow. Classy establishment. And did, did, they have, did the strippers come on for you? You bet they did. <laughs> All right. Oh. Was there any live sex on stage? I shall not say any more other than... <laughs> I don't want to incriminate myself, oh. but I left. I left there. I swear, I left there in somewhat of a. Of a uh, I was um, deflowered. Yes. Yeah, I wasn't personally deflowered, <laughs> but I saw things that I'd never seen before, and I, let's just say I was traumatized. Right. And I, I mean it. I just couldn't believe what happened in front of me. I I said, no, this isn't happening, is it? This isn't really going to happen. And it happened. <laughs> yeah. Look at middle stump. I can only imagine. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I don't think we need to know anymore. Uh, how did? How was your batting form on the trip, though, Funny? He had a battle, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it T- was... Um, took him three hours to get his box on. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was... <laughs> let me tell you, when I got home, you know, it was really the first time I'd been away without my family, actually, without my parents. Right. Well, tell us all the details. And I kept thinking, <laughs> just don't tell them all the details. Don't tell them all the details. They were great, those two managers. They took us <laughs> on the Monday night, we went to Harold Park Greyhounds. They used to have Greyhounds oh, and Harold Park. Crikey. <laughs> we, we went to the races on the Wednesday. We went to the. the Kicked across on the Thursday night. It was it was a heck of an education. Oh, and then Friday night, straight to the Oriental Plum. <laughs> good. You God. know, nowadays it'd be like it'd be like front page news. You know, oh. children exposed, management sentenced to prison for what you know. But back then it was just part of your education. 
bike went on. It was good. Jeez. Yeah. That, that must be yeah, the most yeah. unbelievable under-14 cricket tour of all time, I would have thought. <laughs> Bloody brilliant. <laughs> when I went away with the St. Stephen, the Gilda St. Stephen altar boys, oh. we went to Casey, but we didn't get to go to the strippers. I wanted to, but Father Murphy wouldn't take it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> should have played cricket, and no, and no doubt you asked Father Murphy if you could go to the the Tassie strip joints. Well, we did, and uh, he said they're too expensive. I just went there last night, and uh, <laughs> you guys don't have enough money. But there you go. Oh goodness me, goodness gracious well, me! Now, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Brian, now, you... I, I, I've got a, I've got a little story. Yeah. Need to be bloody good to top the last one, finally. No, no, this, this just happened to me during the week. I'm glad I remembered it. You were at the strippers during the week? Well done. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, just, this just goes to show how times have changed. And anyhow, so I was down Chapel Street on Friday night, I reckon, and... I saw a place, I liked the, actually the look of the food there. Uh, I was down there to go to the supermarket to get stuff for dinner and I rang up the missus to say, oh, why don't we get some delivery from this door? Anyhow, went walking down the street. And remember on Friday it was raining a lot? It started absolutely pissing now. Yep. Anyhow, the missus said, no, look, we'll do it some other time, blah, blah, blah. So I started heading down the other way down to the supermarket and about two minutes later, these Two little blokes. They must have been really short. They really, you know, um, they must have been nine years old and they're both carrying little um, McDonald's soft serve ice cream, you know, the ones you get for like 50 cents or something. Yep. And they came building after me in the pouring rain. They go, Mr. Mr., you dropped your credit card. You know, and they come chasing after me in the pouring rain. Their poor little ice creams were getting washed away and they're real, real little characters. I said, thanks a lot. And they go, yeah, 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 we didn't want anybody else to pick it up. And I said, yeah, that's, one of them said, yeah, that's the guy, that's him going down the cold. And I said, hang on a sec. I, I said, hang on. I grabbed the card, I went and took $50 out. And across the road, there was one of those sort of convenience stores that sell a lot of American lollies. Yeah. And I said, come on, you can go in there, pick yourself each a, a, you know, some of those, a box of those American, you know, they cost about 10 bucks each, those lollies. I go, really, thank you, sir, thank you. And I just kept thanking me. I said, no, thank you. And we went up to the counter and then I bought them some of that American bubble gum that they've got up at the counter. I spent 15 bucks each on them. And I go, really, really? And the little kid picked them bike behind the counter. This, this guy's such a good fella. I said, I said to the guy, the guy, those kids are good fellas. Anyhow, they ran off and went down and caught a tram, like somewhere within tram systems. So I wouldn't be surprised if they'd probably live in the houses in Paran or whatever, something like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, I came home and told the story to the missus and the kids. And she goes, what, what? You took, just grabbed two kids and took them into a lolly store. <laughs> I said, don't think like, I said, why are you thinking like that? And people do think like that. Oh, they do. I said, I wasn't grabbing a hold of them. They could have run away at any point. And she said, oh, if I was their parents, I wouldn't want them go with a bloke into a, a lolly shop. And I said, it was all quite normal and everything progressed quite normally. Believe me, I didn't force them to follow me anywhere. It's funny how people, you know, even my own missus, how people think. It's strange. Uh, that's sad. That's sad, actually, that that, that's, yeah. that was yeah. the immediate thought. Yeah, and, you know, there, there's a story. There's a, a really good English, he's a, He's sort of a rap artist, whatever. His, his name's Brubius Pip. Anyhow, he does a song, a, a track called Thou Shalt Kill. And he, it says a lot of things in it. And one of the things he says, um, not every person over 30 that talks to a child is a pedophile. Yeah. Some people are just not. <laughs> it's, it's well worth remembering. So the end of that story is they finally got arrested, taken to um, Paran uh, Police Station. And, uh, <laughs> no, honey joking. No, you're right, though, Fonny. With the suspicious nature of everything that everyone does these days is you can't do something like that without someone going to you, are you serious? Did you really do that? You're mad. Yeah. What did you do? 
He bought the kids the lollies that they gave me. And was, it, it, seriously, oh. I, the, the only thing I wanted to ask is, it was your credit card, I, I assume, that you dropped? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. I'm constantly losing stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it was my credit card. Yeah. When, oh. I, when I pulled the phone out, I had the credit card in the back pocket with it, and it just flew out, apparently. Yep. So, oh. But we live in a world today where, for some reason, a 56-year-old man dragging two nine-year-old boys into a lolly shop to buy the lollies is suspicious. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> yet, yet Brian can go with uh, you know Father Murphy down to the, uh, the Tassie and uh, and frequent strip clubs. That's uh, considered normal. That's fine. <laughs> fine. Now, look, I've the got... The are over nine. We don't mind. Exactly. Now, we get some uh, some breaking news. The Queen's off the grog. William Shatner's, really? William Shatner's gone into space and the Yellow yeah. Wigglers quit. Oh, the girl? Yep. Her eyes must be sad. <laughs> um, yeah, no, she's quit. Uh, she's moving on to do other things. I'm not quite sure what it is, but she'll be replaced. Um, there'll be uh, she's been she wasn't replaced. Being, she wasn't being groped by Henry the Octopus. No, she? no, she wasn't. Uh, she's been replaced by a girl whose name is pronounced Sehai. I think it is. Sehai. 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 No, not Sehai. Sehai. I think it is. Um, it's someone with a better name than that. Well, it starts with a T. Um, it's T. Oh, that's even worse. T S E. I think it's T S E Y or something. But she's a she's a dancer and a singer, so she's going to be the new. I assume yellow wiggle would keep the same colour. Um, I don't oh. know, but she's uh, she's in. So of course the yellow wiggle was at one stage with the purple wiggle. There. Yeah, uh, yeah make- but you know what happens. Mm. Are they a little green wiggle? No. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what that's the thing. They were gonna they had a baby. When the baby was born it was orange. So the red wiggle got in trouble. <laughs> oh boy. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, because apparently they, you can't. So what's have... his name? T Sai. Yeah. T Sai. C It sounds like the name. It sounds like a dancer you'd meet in Pattaya or Thailand or somewhere. Well, I don't think that's the case, but anyway. You'll buy me drink. I love you long time. Stop it. You'll be singing pressure down in a minute, the way you're going. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Um, I love you, hate you, love you, hate you. <laughs> now, right. uh, you did send me a video of that because uh, I did a video for your 60th birthday and then you sent me a a thank you video, which was um, the Shirley Bassey impersonation, which I thoroughly enjoyed. We love the Shirley Bassey. Oh, we Very do. Good. We love Shirley Bassey. Mm. So that's the uh, that's the breaking news. So the Queen's off the grog. William Shatner's gone into space and uh, the Yellow Wigglers quit. Well, it's not surprising the Queen's off the grog after the way she behaved at the um, the opening of the hospital wing the other day. She was pissed out of her freaking mind, <laughs> spewed up on the floor, like wanted to fight everybody. Um <laughs> You know, it was embarrassing for all concerned. How old is she? Well, she just, yeah. Isn't she just, she's just short of getting a letter from herself? Well, she, she, that means she got beaten by her mother because the Queen Mother was a well known heavy drinker. Yeah, she loved it. And past her 100th year, was still knocking them back. Well, I, I'm yeah, not sure. The, the, put it this way: the doctors told the queen to get off the grog. Oh, really? Now, yeah, I, but they, it wasn't all bad news. She's still allowed to drop eckies. <laughs> 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 to be honest, when you if you if you get into ninety something, if you're in your nineties, God knows if if you get an enjoyment out of having a gin and tonic or seven or eight at the end of the day, bloody hell, keep doing it. Yeah, you know, if you get to 96, you might as well take up smoking. It's, <laughs> you bait it. <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, well, that, I always said if I got to, say, 97 or 98, yeah. Yeah. I'd try and catch AIDS because they reckon AIDS takes about 10, 15 years to kill you. Oh, Jesus. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> Wonderful logic so from Mr. Fine. That'd get me into the 110. Yep. I'd like to see the Queen with a dory hanging out of her gob. <laughs> a, a windfield rolled up in her T-shirt. That'd be cool. Well, she likes a punt, 
So, you know, it'd, oh, it'd, yeah. it'd be the package. You could see her at the TAB with, you know, one, one hanging, out. hanging out. Of golf. Yeah, go yeah. Uh, 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 she'd remind me of the, the, she'd look like that Magda Sabansky character. Remember the one who used to go, love yeah. I said, love I said, love I said, doll, I said, love I said, doll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. She's a bit of a sport. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, can imagine, I can imagine her down at the Inkerman Hotel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> going up to the bar and ordering something and being told to wait. And she'd say, we are not amused. Yes. And the bar, the bar, the bar bird said, well, then you can base this off. Yes. See, <laughs> 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 so Inkerman, the one on the left-hand side, uh, as you go, as you're travelling out of town uh, on the corner? Is that the Inkerman? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's the one Roy Higgins used to drink at. Oh, no, that was the post office. Oh, was it? Okay. Oh, yeah, I used to, I used to go there regularly. That was It was Roy Higgins. So it was Roy Higgins. Um, uh, uh, what was his name? He was uh, he, Remember, they used to have clockers like Les Meek and Obrium and yeah. so one of those guys from there, the Caulfield, that did all the clocking on the on the morning trial. Yeah, yeah, timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd have a little. It's a very small pub. It was a small pub. They were great folks. And Roy, you know, because I'd go in there for a punt. They had a little TAB in there. Yes. And Roy would always, always ask me, how you going? Up or down? How you going, mate? Winning? Up or down? And I'd always give him the same answer. I, I'd say to him, I'll tell you when I'm finished. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and look at me because he'd, he'd know that means never. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I remember walking into that pub with a bloke because uh, uh, it wasn't far from the old uh, where the old um, Triple M was. And we slipped. Yeah, that's we, right. We, down the road, obviously. It was corner St Kilda Road in England. Yeah, that's it. And we slipped in there, and I'm standing there having a, a, a beer with um, with my boss, it was, and uh, looked over and I said, that's Roy Higgins. And he didn't know, you know, for sporting people from Scott, and he went, who's, who's Roy Higgins? I went, oh, God. Um, but, yeah, it was a big thrill for me to see Roy Higgins in a bay. And and that was well past, well, 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 well past his uh, his. Obviously. Racing weight. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. It's well past that. I'll give you an idea just on the post office hotel. Yeah. And a little part, it was a very small pub, and around the back, I guess, was where they'd served meals or whatever. Yeah. And once I was there, I'm thinking, I thought, oh, I might as well get a feed. And I look up at the specials board, and they had crumbled and cutlets that I really liked. And I went to the girl behind the bar. I got all the crumbled and cutlets for lunch. She goes, what? <laughs> I said, off the specials board. She goes, that board's way out of date. I said, what do you mean? She goes, we haven't done lunch here for a year and a half. <laughs> that is a bit out of date, isn't it? It's a long way to get food, it's worth it. Except <laughs> lunch specials and whatever. She goes, oh, we haven't done lunch here for a year and a half, mate. <laughs> oh, okay, God. I'll keep punching then, I guess. Yes, not, not since <laughs> the ambulance was called. You mentioned, William, you mentioned William Shatner, Kev. Yeah. Well, he apparently had a failed venture at one point where he was making uh, underwear for girls and it was called Shatner Underwear <laughs> and that didn't take off. Oh, thank you, Brian. <laughs> I'm not yeah, Shatner, that that's, that's true, Shatner Underwear. Yeah, I'm sure. Shatner Pants. <laughs> yes. Shatner Pants. Yes. Yeah. He's the mm. most, most interesting person to follow on, uh, on social media is William Shatner. He's... Um, He's quite amusing, uh, doesn't suffer fools and uh, is not frightened and neither he should be at his age to say exactly what he thinks. Um, he's most interesting bloke to follow. He's going to yeah. life Yeah, bloody oath. I'm actually, I, I must admit, I was amazed um, that he was in good enough physical shape to be able to go into space. That that really surprised me, but good on him. Yeah. No, he's good. If you were making a, a cartoon, he'd be the first voice I'd hire. Oh yeah! Uh, look, I I loved him in uh, as Denny Crane. I thought his Denny Crane character with James Spader in Boston Legal was that was that was a great series. They were terrific in that yeah. those two. A really. Fun. All right, I've got to ask you a question about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never watched that show. Oh really? I've never. I've, I've, all right. So this guy Denny Crane, Kevin. Yeah. Referring back to what. Brian almost was saying, was he, on top of being a lawyer, was he a bit of a, a pants man? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Your, your classic 
Um, you know, 17 uh, scotches and uh, and 17 women all in the one night if he could. Okay, all right. So at what age was he roughly when he did that? When, did Shatner, when Shatner did it? or when, Yeah, Shatner would yeah. have been Shatner would have been 70. Yeah, he would have been, yeah. Okay. Because around that time I met and became quite, I'm going to say friendly, I did some radio with him but also met him socially, whatever, because here, here and there with a couple of friends, Keith Stackholm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stacky, yeah. And Stacky absolutely loved Debbie Crane and that show. Oh, okay. And he said, fine, you've got it. Watch it, mate. He's an absolute ripper. And I sort of thought, well, I know roughly how you are, how old you are, and I know roughly, and Keith's very happily married, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I reckon Keith was living vicariously through Debbie Crane. <laughs> Yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me. It was a fabulous character. It's a really good character, and it was one of those things where, when in doubt, you just go Denny Crane, and that would fix everything. That would win you the case, get you the woman, open the bar. Denny Crane just did it. It's his. It's a great. It was a great character. I'm sure he absolutely loved playing it. and, yep. and to have James Spader as his offsider was just – it was the absolute perfect match. It was a really good series. Just to really hang out to watch. Yeah. I feel like watching an episode now. Well, I might – I was just thinking I might go back and relive an episode or two tonight just to have a look because um, there's not a lot around yeah. in it. I might do that. Now, listen, boys, we have to get to 1971. So we're, yes. we're stoking up the DeLorean here and going back to 1971 with our chart, to November 5, 1971, a 3UZ Top 40 chart. Um, I just want to put you on notice, Finey, that uh, my mob play your mob this weekend and I'm very much looking forward to that game. I think it'll be a beauty between Tottenham and West Ham. Can't have Yes, well, I don't know how you won that game against Everton. I watched... 25, 30 minutes of it, and the whole 30 minutes I saw it, Everton were peppering the goal and in the end didn't get one and you got one and won it. Scratching my head. Because anyway. we'd lost against Brentford in the 93rd minute and had a chance against United in the 95th. So something back our way, something to yeah. the lad. Yeah, no, fair enough. Looking forward to that one. I have to say, if you are if you are a bit of a sporting fan, have a look at... Um, uh, the bloke from Liverpool's goal on the weekend was uh, was one of the best I've seen in ages. Geez, he's, he's he, probably the best player in the competition, Mo Salah. He's just brilliant. He is brilliant. He's good, isn't he? He's very, very, very good. Now, 1971, uh, have you had a look and what, what were your initial thoughts, Finey, on this uh, particular chart? A close inspection <coughs> of this chart. What observation is there were quite a few songs sung by different people to the what I who released the hit, so there were a few covers there. Yep. I think this must have been a period where the chart was sort of where music was arguing with itself, where where older older people were still buying records. So there's a lot of really daggy What is that noise? That's uh, next door. They're building. They're filming. They're building. Oh, building. Yeah. So, so, what are Sorry they? about that. I was in the backyard. <laughs> Good God! I thought you... Oh, you, you. You could have said you're in a Formula One race. Yes. You're, you're just taking up. You've become a fighter pilot. Damn! <laughs> I missed my opportunity then. Damn it! <laughs> you could have said, you know, Lewis Hamilton's just popped in for a. a, a a cup of tea, um, oh, or, or you could have said you've just put you just put the next door neighbour cat in the incinerator. <laughs> <laughs> All of those noise, my God! How do you put up with that, yeah. Brian? Uh, I think it comes through the phone louder than what it does here, but you know, Jeez. at least they don't start at six in the morning, yeah, so well, that's okay. That's the point. Uh, so you're right, Fanny. This was around the time of the record band, so there was a lot of stuff that was not being released here, and Australians were doing cover versions of them, and then slowly the other version would be released. And yeah, so it was it was a fun it was a funny time for music. 1971. Yeah, there is a doco around yeah. that I've been watching called 1971: The Year That uh, Changed Music Forever, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's uh, when you watch it you. You have a lot of memories of stuff, 
and people that came through in 71 and stuff that was recorded in 71 and concerts that happened in 71, like the Rolling Stones, one with the bikies at uh, Ultimate, um, uh, all those sort of things happened in, in 1971. And the whole Elton John basically broke through in 71, Carol King, James Taylor. It's a really good doco. But then, then I got this chart and looked at it and went, God, it obviously took another year and a bit to reach Australia because I'll go out on a limb and say that's the worst top five I've ever seen. Wow. That is the shittiest top five ever. That's a fair point. It, I like this chart. Well, uh, we'll um, have a look at the top five. Tell me that anything in the top five there is worth is got any redeeming value whatsoever. Hang on. Let me give. Let me read it. To um, you. Number five, Gwen. Congratulations by Johnny Chester. Now, please. Terrible. Number four, oh. Daddy Cool by Drummond. Novelty record. Shit house. Okay. Number three, Mammy Blue by Joel Dade. Oh, Mammy, Mammy Blue was it? Oh, oh Mammy, 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 Mammy Blue, Mammy, Mammy. Seriously. No, I like Mammy Blue. Mate, the, I had to learn it at guitar school. Mate, the bloke working that uh, chainsaw in the, the backyard of your neighbours could have written that. Well, I think he did, actually. <laughs> See? Sarah's got him in life. Um, well. Number two, Love is a Beautiful Song by uh, Barry Crocker, and it is. Oh, Barry. It's a Barry Crocker. Nothing wrong with his vocal ah. performance. It's just a really shitty song. And number one, which is a song that I know you've had a lot to say about, Brian, Banks of the Ohio by Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. Olivia goes, does murder. Yeah. So really, yeah. that is a shitty well, top five. Well, this chart, I'm looking through it, mm. and I reckon me and my brother and my dad, we had about ten of these singles. Oh, I'm not saying I don't have some of the singles. I reckon I've got about a quarter of them. Well, I've got one of the top five singles in my pile in my in my shed. Yeah, my dad had Banks of the Ohio. No, I had Mammy Blue. Yeah. I bought that. Uh, I had quite a few of these uh, on the singles. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I think 1971 was the year I started really buying records. So, you know, the, and all of these songs too, most of the songs that I learned at guitar school. Uh, so, okay. you know, my, Mammy Blue was, I think, the first song I ever played that had B minor in it. And so, you know, for that reason, there's little connections for me with all of these songs pretty much. Yeah, okay. All right, Fonny, let's yeah. get to your – let's start with you. Your number three, bad uh, and good. Okay, my number three bad song was well, just terrible. By a terrible singer, it's just horrible. He's some Irishman who went to New York. And his name, and I couldn't find out much about him, actually. He's not even on Wikipedia to give you an idea of how important he is. It's Dermot Henry singing, If Those Lips Could Only Speak. Yep. Mm. It's unbearable. Yes, it is. It's a little Irish ditty that I believe Foster and Allen did a version of. Well, there you go. Yeah. And my number three good song, now this is really going to surprise you. Okay. Um, because they're not really a band. They had some decent songs if you look back on them. And for some reason, I really like this song. But I just beg people to go online. Now, there's a great movie by Spike Lee called Cooklin. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, I haven't. It's about black kids growing up. It's, you know, it's all about you know, black kids in New York, but it's full of heart, full of character. And there's a little scene. And if you type in, I woke up, so I woke up this morning, I woke up, found myself in love this morning. Yeah. And Crooklyn, it goes for a minute 20. Now, I really like it. So it's quite a party family. Oh, wow. That's a strange choice. But I like it. I woke up in love this morning. And if you see that little scene in Crooklyn, you'll fall in love with it. So that's okay. my number three good one. Yeah, I don't mind that. That's in my kind of undecided pile. I, I didn't mind the Partridge family. I watched the TV show. Yeah, I liked it. I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed to say that. You know, 
I thought, yeah. I thought, I thought they had. So they were based on the, the the show was based on, and we talked about this before the councils, which were were a proper sort of family band. But um, no, it was good. All right, O'Brien, what do you got? Three good, three bad. Uh, okay, um, okay, uh, okay. My worst. Sorry, I was getting messages. It was confusing trying to do two things at once. I can't multitask. No, you can't multitask. Um, no, unless it's you know walking down the street, walking down the street drunk. Yeah, two things. Yep. Um, Ain't no sunshine by Bill Withers. What's uh, what's that? Good, ba- good or bad? That's bad. That's bad. I don't know why. It's not the worst song, but I don't like it. It's just ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Oh, you got to do I don't know. It just it hey, doesn't speak nice to me. Can it doesn't I speak to me? Can I yes, quote can. Uh, Steve? Uh, when now we put this, I put this up on uh, Facebook last night, and we got some comments from some people. Now, Steve uh, jumped on Facebook and said that he did try and point out to Bill Withers at one stage that uh, "ain't no sunshine" is really poor grammar, and he said Bill replied to him, "I know, I 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 know." Oh, is that the one you get? Is that the I know, I know, I know, I know. Is that in that song? Yes, yep. Brian. Oh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's why I hate it. It's right up there with love you, hate you, love you, hate you. I know, I know, I know, I know. Sounds like a friggin' ambulance. I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, good. I'm glad I picked that. I should have picked that as my number one word. I forgot about that bit. That is shocking. Uh, okay. No, no, my number three good one. Now, hang on. I before had before you move off Bill what? Withers, let me just tell you, uh, and I knew this before I saw it on the doco, but Bill Withers' job when uh, when Ain't No Sunshine was emerging as a smash hit around the world, he had a day job. Now, I don't reckon in your wildest dreams you'll pick what he did as a day job. He's a dog catcher. No. Fine. He was an ambulance siren. <laughs> well, close. He was responsible for install, installing the cameras in the toilets that went into Boeing 747 jets. What a pervert. <laughs> there are cameras in toilets in jets? Yeah, well, he, wants to see some, he wants to see someone taking a dump. Well, apparently they used to put cameras in the toilet thing, obviously, to catch people doing stuff that they shouldn't have been doing in there. You know, Brian? Oh, I don't gee, know. Wish, you know. Anyway, he, bang he, one out at mile high. What's the point? Well, he installed the toilets. He was a toilet installer, and he put the cameras in as well. I didn't know about the cameras until I saw this nineteen seventy one doco. But there you go. That's what Bill yeah, did. And when he first started, he was putting the cameras in the bottom of the bowl. Oh, that didn't work out too oh, well. So, what's your number three good one? Oh, my number three good one. Yep, is. The Lardy Dark, going to see my baby tonight. Yeah, good song. I love that song. Yeah, I, lo- I used to hate it, the, the beginning bit, like, I'm going to love you all night long. And I hated it. Get but then high. it became so daggy, I loved it. And I was talking to Kevin Borich oh, one night after we did this benefit for Max Merritt. And I was talking to him about the song, and he said, yeah, that part of the song. He said, I was in the back of the van, and was taking the piss out of um, – Las Vegas entertainers. <laughs> so that's where it goes. I'm going to love you <laughs> all night long. Yeah, and then, but, 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 going to see my baby tonight. Great song. Yeah, it is a good song. And in this chart, debuted yeah. at number 26. So that was first week in at 26. Um, yeah, oh, really, big re- really simple song, but uh, yeah, bloody good. I agree. Uh, my, number, yeah. my number three bad, it's in every bad list I've ever done in my entire life, and it will make this one too. Susan Ray's LA International Airport. God, I hate that song. It played oh. a bit, didn't it? Oh, God, I hate that song. It was so, it was such a, uh, sorry, it, the, the simplistic, moronic nature of the lyrics. LA International Airport, where the big jet engines roar. Well, whoop yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Captain Obvious. So Susan Ray makes it my number three. And my number three good one, I love this song and I still do. And when I hear it, um, something about the drum sound that I love, something about uh, just where it takes me back to is Maggie Mae by Rod Stewart. Oh, yes, excellent. Good song. Just just boom, boom, wake up, man. Oh, just, it's really good song. All What's right. interesting about that, that song, though, just mm-hmm. quickly, is the bass is a really big part of that song. I think Ronnie Wood's playing the bass. Because it doesn't sound like a bass player. It's, he's sort of all over the shop. It works. But 
it sounds like they only did two takes and they had to get out of the studio because at times the bass just stops and then it sort of comes in and sort of like playing guitar riffs on a bass. But it works, but it's just if you just listen to the bass in that song, you sort of go, what the hell is this guy doing? It works, but, geez, it's weird. Okay, I'll, I, haven't, I haven't picked that up because I'm not a muser, obviously. I'll have a listen to that when I go back and have a listen. Have a listen. Listen yeah, for the bass. I will. Oh, good, okay. good song and great album too. Finally, number two, yep. what do we got? Okay, so my number two bad mm-hmm. is Butterfly by Matt Linder. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, Butterfly, God. my Butterfly. <laughs> I, I think I would have preferred it when it was still a... What I made before butterfly, caterpillar. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Butterfly stage that one. And and that was there was two versions of that too. There was a German version or something. I think of that as well. Daniel something. Yeah. Yeah. Butterfly, <laughs> the butterfly. Remember, yeah. like the German one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. What's your number two good one? I prefer that. Yes. And my number two good one. Is look, it's a bit of a bracket, and you mention these people, but and I know some people don't like it. All right, so it's either one of it's too late by Carol King, or oh. you've got a friend by David Taylor. Yeah, love both. So of sort of bracket it. So I'm going to say you've got a friend. Yep, great song. And I know it's been overplayed, and you know every second busker and every second bloke with a guitar in a pub plays and stuff. I think it's still a lovely song. Yeah, no, I agree. I stands the test of time. It's one of those songs. Its simplicity make uh, allows it to travel through time because um, it's not bogged yeah. down by you know a, a bass line or a drum solo or something like that. And it's just at the end of the day, it's just a really good song. Just a really simple, yeah. lovely song. It's really, really good stuff. She's much underrated, I reckon, by a lot of people. Carol King, I, I reckon she's terrific, but. Um, yeah, the James Taylor's version, of course, was the one that was in this 3UZ chart. Righto, Mr Mannix, number two. Oh, by right. the way, that, that song was a bit of a disaster when he came to Australia, of course. Why was that? Well, winter, spring, summer, or autumn, yeah. and the whole thing <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> yes, uh, the Americanisation of lyrics. Uh, what do you got, Brian, at number two? Okay, number two on the bad one mm-hmm. is... Uh, uh, where is it? Uh, it's number 15. Number 15. Tom Clay. Oh, yeah, what the world what needs What the now. world needs now is love, sweet love. It's all the virtue signalling pointing dickhead. Well, you know that's the one that's got all the bits and pieces in, the Martin Luther King bit and all that oh, stuff. Oh, no. Yes. That's even worse. Yes, that's that one. Talk about heavy-handed. I don't know. What, I don't know what segregation means. That's oh that god, that I should have been my number one worst. <laughs> I forgot how bad that was too. <laughs> Screw that shit book. <laughs> my god. Uh, yes, all right. So, so what's your number number two uh, good one, uh, Mister Mannix? Well, I was going to have Maggie May from the Rod Stewart album. You can have it. Stomach full of. No, no, I've got another one. It's not called that's off, that. That's off, the, that's off the album, Stomach Full of Cum. No, it's it? not. Rod Stewart, Stomach Full of Cum, no, featuring it's Maggie not. May. Yes. Well, what's on Stomach Full of Cum? No, stop it. Oh. I'm supposed to post that picture of that album cover on the page. Oh, I know you will. Yes. Okay, oh. my second good one. Oh, God. Another Australian. Mm-hmm. Rick Springfield, Speak to the Sky. A little religious song, but... Um, Quite catchy. I played it not so long ago and thought, yeah, this is a good song. Really? I like it. Well, okay. we used to play it at the Rock Masses at St. Francis. Did you really? And so, you know, to hear, to hear Speak to the Sky at church was like, how groovy is this? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Speak to the Sky is a good little song. Love it. Okay. Yeah. That was one of his early ones before he went to America <laughs> when he was out here on the Sparmac label. And uh, he's got a he's got a really interesting uh, current project out where he's done uh, an album with uh, Russell Morris. So you should have a listen to some of the stuff that they're doing. Uh, it's on Rick and Russ. Rick and Russ together doing some stuff, and they'll be together 
maybe at the end of next year, I think it is, when they will be, uh, the Zoot Reformation will happen and Russell will be the singer in Zoot taking Daryl Cotton's place. Wow, I wonder if Russell's going to play guitar or just sing. Uh, I'm assuming he'll probably, he'll, he'll do both. Um even though Daryl never played guitar in the Zoot days, but the Beeble, B Birdles no. will be in it, uh, Rick Springfield will be in it, and uh, and Russell. So, and they're going to tour next year. Uh, no sting. No sting. No. Okay. No. Okay. My number two bad. Uh, Barry Crocker uh, wins there. Uh, Love is a beautiful song. Sorry, just awful. And the other version, the Dave Mills version, was even worse. So that's my number two bad. My number two good, I have a list here as long as your arm of great uh, and and the Lardy Dars are in it and Carol King's in it and James Taylor's in it and Bill Withers is in it. Um, yeah. But a uh, song I absolutely loved um, is going to be my number two and it, it could be construed as a novelty song but I just thought it was terrific. The five-man electrical band, Signs. Oh, great song. I love Signs. Yes, um yeah, that was going to be my number one. Oh, was it? Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. It has to, it has to be mentioned. I can pick another one. Yeah. Oh, there will this. I reckon there's plenty more to choose from. Righto, Finey. Back a, here we go. That Talk. is a great song. Yeah, Find it is. a ripper. Oh, great lyrics. And uh, they never did anything yeah. else. They, they, they were one, no. classic one-hit wonders who never get talked about a lot. But for its time, that is just a great song. And not a bad little rock song, actually. It's a really good rock song. Yeah. Um, yeah, the guitar solo and it's terrific. Um, yes. Yeah, the lyrics are great. It's fantastic. Yeah, no. We concur, Mr. Mannix. There, there you go. Uh, right there we on. go. We're going to the top of the list now, Finey. What do you got? All right, the worst. Now, I'm going to tell you, this, this in and of itself is an absolutely shit song. One of the worst songs I've ever heard. Right. I mean, it is just shit house. Right. But compounding the problem hmm. is that it's sung by a band that is so much more and has done so much more that it's false advertising, false pretenses. This is like, you know what this is the equivalent of? No. This is like going to KFC when you're really in the mood for KFC and you order the dinner box, which is three pieces of chicken, a coleslaw, the mashed potatoes, and the bread roll, you go home, you open it up, and it's an apple and a piece of celery. <laughs> oh. <Right. laughs> so you've been sold one thing and you get it home and it's something else completely, and the song is? A Dawn Song by Billy Thorpe and the Aztec. Oh, yes. They should hang their friggin' heads in stone. I Ooh. couldn't agree more. Could not agree what more. What on earth was going on there? Well, it starts with that little piano thing, doesn't it? But it's just, it's just this crappy singing that's a bit synthesised and yep. you think, all right, when are we going to hear a bit of Billy's lusty voice or something? Yep. And it never breaks into anything. It's piss weak. It's terrible. It almost becomes like a Peter, Paul and Mary song halfway through it. Yeah. At one point I think, all right, it's about to start. You know, I mean, there's another song on this top 40, which is about nine songs put together. Uncle Albert and Admiral Halsey. Oh, yeah. I thought it must be it must be doing that. It must be one of these bits and pieces rubbish. But it doesn't even bother to do that. No, I agree. Yes. I agree. It's a Thorpeyatti's Thorpeyatti's most perplexing. I guess is the best way to put it because I'm bugging yeah. if I know what he was trying to achieve with it. You know, you know the old expression as taught to me um, by Tism. Whatever he's on, I'll have one of those. Yes, yes. This is whatever he's on, make sure I do not get one of those. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right, what's your number one good? All right, so jump in any time when you know what I'm talking about. A sort of a boy of Greek heritage from South Africa went to England to further his career, um, came up with this song, and interestingly got covered by two Australian bands in the same year. Oh, yeah, John Congress. Correct. Yeah. I think it's a great song he's going to step on you again. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Really good song. You know, well done by Kevin Borick and the boys, the party boys. That's right. And then the Shantuzis did it, didn't they? Yeah, in the same yep. year they did, they, did the, they did it as well. Yeah. But the original is still pretty hard rocking. And in its staff that has a lot of stuff that's more for your grandparents even than your parents, <laughs> at least this thing's got a bit of, a bit of, you know, rock and roll soul in it, so I like it. 
Yeah, and I was reading the other day about him. His son, I think, I think yep. John Congress passed away. I don't want to kill him off if he's still around. But his son is fronting a band now and doing, and I think they might have actually even released a version of, of He's Going to Step on You Again. Oh, good. Yeah, so I'll... I'll clarify that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right. Right, O'Brien, you're number one, top of the top of the ladder. What do we got? Oh, the worst. I think uh, I think you said it, and I think Spiny said it as well. Love is a beautiful song. Yep. That's just shit. Well, that is just love is love is like oxygen. You get too much, you get too high. That's what it really is. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not a beautiful song. It's not. No. Now I was going to have signed as my number one song. Right. And. I could go for Bangladesh by George Harris, which I think is not bad. Um, I noticed He's So Fine is in this chart. That's the one that George got done for ripping that off with My Sweet Lord. He's so fine, My Sweet Lord. But um, no, I'm going to go with this one. I bought this song when I was about nine and that, and it's just. I hear those church bells ringing. Oh, for some reason I love that song. Seriously? God. I hear those church bells ringing. Will, Will you, you marry, marry me? Yeah. Ding, ding, dong. Will yeah. you carry me? I felt like that girl was singing to me. Uh, across the threshold naturally or something, wasn't it? Tenderly, tenderly, tenderly. across the threshold. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I, I remember the well. real good boy. Like you know that you should, boy. Oh, right. <laughs> Ooh, la, la. Good He's grief. getting ready for the big passion. Brian and then Man- she wants to get married. Brian Mannix sings Dawn. I never thought I'd, I'd be saying that sentence out loud. Oh, they're grouse. Oh, I don't know about grouse. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your, your top three is really uh, quite a surprise, Mannix. Dawn, yeah. Rick Springfield and the Lardy Dars. Yeah. Mind you, uh, yeah. Johnny Congos, James Taylor, and the Partridge family is a bit of a surprise <laughs> from you too, Finey. Certainly. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm going to be incredibly predictable because I can't, I can't not have this um, song in a list, even though there are other songs I really like, like Riders on the Storm, which I, I loved. Um, the Night They Drove Old Dixie Down I always thought was a terrific song. Um, but Eagle Rock's got to be in there. That's just – it's it's such a pivotal song in in – Everything. Uh, I mean, I wasn't that big a fan of it. I, I think when it first came out in '71, I sort of went, "Oh, okay." And then since then, I've seen what it what an important song it actually has turned out to be. So I actually really enjoy he- hearing it now, and I probably more so now than I did when it actually came out. So that's my number one good and my number one bad. Oh yes. God, it could be any one of these. Seriously, Gwen, congratulations, Daddy Cool's Drummond. Um, it's a sin to tell a lie by Jerry Munro. God, that's an awful song, um, and that wins. It's a sin to tell a lie. It's kind of yodeling country. Um, you know, they say it's true. It? Oh, just a just a horrible, horrible, horrible song. Just beats out Susan Ray and Barry Crocker. Right. And and what's this, the number one? My number one good. Eagle oh, Rock. Bad. Oh, my number one bad, bad is it's a sin to tell a lie by Jerry Munro. Oh, okay, Jerry. And we didn't get to Jerry. gypsies. I mean, we didn't mention gypsies, tramps, and thieves, which is you know, hell of a hell of I a don't song. Mind it. Well, someone pointed out much maligned song that one. It gets it gets towed up a lot these days because of obvious um, you know, reasons. You know what song I don't mind? What? Chicago by Grey Matter. Yeah, me too. We can change the world. Good song. So I didn't mind. Yeah. I didn't mind Uncle Albert and Admiral Horsley. We haven't done a bloody thing all day. I liked Hard Rain's Gonna Fall by Leon Russell. Good song. Yeah, I had that record. I yeah. don't know how to love him by Helen Reddy. It's a pretty good version. Yeah, that's from Jesus Christ Superstar, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Is Hard Rain Gonna Fall? Is that the one that was covered by Brian Ferry? Yes. Yeah. That's a great song. Yeah, it's a really good Bob song. Dylan. Really good song. It's Bob and, Dylan, though, isn't it? Yeah, Bob Dylan wrote it. Yeah. But Leon, Leon Russell, that was sort of. Just uh, was that just after Mad Dogs and Englishmen? Yes, it was. Um, which yeah, made... it came out. It was before the concert of Bangladesh. Yeah, because Bob Dylan got up and sang it. Leon was playing piano, and he, Leon looked like he was spewing that Bob was ruining the song. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's, anyway. let's be honest. If you had to choose between Bob Dylan and almost anyone in the world apart from Celine Dion, you'd let them sing it rather than Bob. Yeah, Bob's, yeah, you're right. Bob's not yeah. a good singer. 
not a good singer at all. Um, uh, but mm. off, off the Facebook page, uh, Lee Rowe uh, says, Eagle Rock, come back again. And the Ross D. Wiley song, it's take t- It Takes Time, were his top three. Robert Rice's top three were You Got a Friend, Eagle Rock and Ain't No Sunshine. Um, David Chet said he could have a bottom 30 out of that list of 40. And his top, <laughs> his top ones were Riders on the Storm, Eagle Rock and, uh, and Maggie May. So uh, check the chart out on our Facebook page. And uh, if you've got any thoughts, please share them with us and we'll uh, talk about them next week. Boys, we've got to go. All right. It's been fun. It has. It's been fun, and we found a new love you, hate you, love you, hate you. Brian Mannix will now I know, sing. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, right, we yeah. know. We know. Thank you, Finey. Well, Have a great week. Thank you. Great fun. Stay well. You too. And uh, thank you, Mr Mannix. Uh, uh, give our regards to everyone in the uh, retirement village. Thanks very much. Ken, for the Fly Fly 3 here at Triple M. Coming out the next show, there's a new one for Madonna. Plus, Brent, so stick around. Don't forget, if you're our third caller, you'll win football. Okay, man. <laughs> All right. See you, boys. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.